Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, babies. The Charity Stripe at free throws because they're free. Fisher to stop us. The DJ himself, Snacks. Crider, we're back. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Good to see y'all. Before we get into NFL, we're talking Ravens and Bengals. We're talking top five NFL teams. We're talking to pack your bags and college football, Heisman rankings. We've got guessing games. We have the whole nine yards. Funny story that I heard in a text I feel like you guys would appreciate. Um, off camera, we've discussed. We're all in relationships. Nick's getting married in the spring. So we've all discussed uh, the, the possibility of not getting married in the fall during a football season and the distractions that that could bring um, to not only our guests, but to us. There's a commercial now that I saw on on Sunday during during football where it's mm-hmm. like that guy who missed your ceremony because he's watching the last play of his game. Blah, blah, blah. Like that's a, it's a real thing. And I think it is 100 percent a real thing. Yeah, I've, I've been to many weddings in the fall where people are literally just glued to their phone during the reception. I mean, obviously yeah. the ceremony, like most people are respectful. They tuck it away. But I, I've been at a at a wedding where like literally half the wedding was was watching. I think it was like one of the one of like the conference championship games or something. You, the so that's what I was pulling up on my it's tough, phone, right? Like you can't you example. can't like you can't get too mad. I mean Look, you, they're not there to watch college football. They're there to celebrate the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom and the groom. There you <laughs> whatever, go. Whatever the, <laughs> nice whatever the case may be. But but it's you got it. Sometimes you got to know better because you got to know who your friends are. You got to know your audience a little bit. Now, if it's just one person, OK, like then they kind of look like a degenerate. But if it's 25 people and it's a it's Texas is in the Big 12 championship, knock on wood. And you have a wedding that same day on a Saturday, like, and and you and your your wife went to Texas, like you're doing yourself a disservice. One of the one of my homies is getting married in September. Next September, he's doing it the week after Michigan. We play UTSA. He's his wife wants a fall wedding. They want a fall wedding. It's easiest for and best for them when they could get the date. But that was his judgment of like, all right, that's our least important game. Now the the example I have for you guys was wait, is, is the Texas schedule even out though? Because I, I remember looking when I was trying to plan mine, I was like, okay, if we were to do a fall, can I like plan around a bye week? I couldn't find the actual dates of our schedule. I know our opponents, but I, I don't think actually know the exact dates. I think there's the order is out, I believe, because we know when Michigan is. Hmm. We know the Michigan game is, I think, second week. It's September 7th or something like something right. along those lines. I was trying um, to our bye week and I just couldn't. There's no way to figure out when our bye No, no, no. Week. You did the right thing and just put it in May. Uh, <laughs> the uh, So this is the one I had to throw at you guys before we get rock and rolling. This is from a friend of mine in a group text. There was an Austin wedding this weekend for some kid who went to Georgia blank. They apparently had a side tent with the game on and a cigar bar. And they were in there when they were up 30 rooting for a 50 burger <laughs> so the groom is in there <laughs> uh 
His wife gave a really nice speech, a welcome toast, and then he took the mic and yelled, go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so the groove is absolutely unhinged. I mean, it's which is crazy because these guys have won back-to-back national championships. I, I, I almost wonder um, if the th- after like four in a row is like, all right, whatever. But the three-peat, there's something zesty about saying a three-peat that maybe keeps these dogs fans hungry for more. Well, I, I mean, you remember being a Pats fan or Oh you know, yeah, you never want to lose fans. It's not like since you won the year before because you've won multiple times that it's any different the next year. If anything, it fills your fire even more and you have higher expectations. Completely unacceptable but if you lose. There's, there's also the thing at play for Georgia fans, which I think like we forget about because they've been so dominant the last mm-hmm. two years, that they were a Michigan, they were a fringe guy for like quite some time. So, so true. Did they part of it is like act like you've been there before, but they really haven't been in this position before. Like even when they had Stafford and Moreno, like now this year, you would say as your third year, okay, you've been there at this point, but like, this is the first time they've been a dynasty like this, like winning at this level. So I I expect some of these, maybe let's call them slip ups, but clearly like if the tent was put up with the TV on and there's a cigar lounge like <laughs> it was okay to do that now i think in 20 years is, is he's probably gonna like chuckle at the fact that he grabbed the mic and said go dogs um or not you don't think so you don't think he'll be no, like i because i think that this guy's probably like us right like would we say hook him horns if it was saturday and we were playing ou oh uh, yeah I, I mean for sure i mean like i say hook him horns to just people like when i leave the room well, if I, I leave the room i don't want to like, I mean, I like if it was ou week and i'm having my wedding and we're stomping OU. I'd totally throw an OU sucks at my during my speech. Would you do it like right For after sure. Brit's like sentimental speech though? Like if she finished her I mean, speech and she didn't, con- con- we don't know the context. Is that is that what happened? That is what happened. The, that's the, what the, happened. With that, right? that, that is what happened. Sentimental speech. A really nice welcome speech was delivered by the bride. And then he comes in. With Thank you for coming. Grab. We love all of you so much. And he grabs the mic and says, go well, you toss, team me up. You do it. Pretend you're the wife really quickly. And then I'll do it. And then Nick, you could. Okay. We're just so grateful that all of y'all came to share this special moment with us. You came all across the country. We love all of you so, so much. And we're so excited to continue our journey together. And so let's all have a great, great night. And, and please, have the best time you can, and we can't wait to see all of you and take photos. Go dogs! Yeah, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Shout out to Nana. She's uh, 96 years old and still kicking. Yeah, that's how. It Sorry, run. I mean, I, I missed the and those that aren't here with us. I missed, uh, yeah, I missed a couple of things. <laughs> morbid but... section of the speech. It's always it's always a ripper. Um, but again, Georgia really putting on Georgia's putting on another wonderful performance. They absolutely dominated this. Can, past it's just more, more than anything. It's like. Strength of schedule. Come on, guys. Like, clearly, like you were able to have a game in the fall and you were, you're sorry, you were able to have a, a wedding in the fall. And clearly, Georgia's schedule just isn't tough enough this year. Yeah. And I think it's, and that's like, and I, that's like a fair takeaway. But I also think maybe they're trying to get rack the wins because they're chasing Bama's dynasty because they're right. You, they haven't had this dynasty. They've been the Michigan, they've been the second tier of like, there is those tiers. I was having an argument with my father. He's like, Penn State's a good program. I'm like, yeah, but they're vaulting. They're like you know, vaunting around like they're the a, a top tier team, and they're not. Every year, it's the same song and dance. They can never get past Ohio State or Michigan. 
Um, So here we are with Penn State, and they're consistently fake news. Their quarterback, fake news once again. He under-delivered against Ohio State, and he absolutely – I mean, Toss, you text me, he's like, this guy's a joke, and then we were talking about it later. Like this guy, Penn State, completely under-delivered versus Michigan. Not to mention they have one of the biggest college football scandals on their history books of all time. So that's well, yeah, that was as well. That was not chill. Um, so okay, long ago though that I feel like that plenty of time to recover. They've had pretty good players coming. I mean, when you have guys like Micah Parsons and Saquon Barkley, you know Mm. that that's the type of program that can turn out guys. Yeah, unbelievable NFL talents for sure. But it's still it still happened. Right. And it was still that school. And like this Michigan sign stealing thing, like whether or not it's impactful, important, whatever, like we now know the ramifications and and what it's going to mean for the rest of the season for them, but we're going to be talking about it in 10 years. We will Mm -hmm. like in college football. You don't think so? It could, depending on how, depending on how it plays out actually. I, cause if I'll tell you what, I I bet you Ohio state fans will be talking about it in 10 years. They will never let it go. If They'll they lose to if, if Michigan beats Ohio State without Harbaugh, which is like could happen because that's what happened feasible. this past weekend. It's feasible. Yeah. Like the Harbaugh wasn't on the sideline against Penn State, which is another like James Franklin. What are you doing? We could tell we could start off, I guess, the show with Jimbo Fisher and to pack your back, stick a fork in yourself. You're done. Um, James Franklin is now being considered. I doubt he'll leave Penn State. I doubt Dan Lanning will leave Oregon, but he's one of the guys that's being thrown around the, the names in the mix for the Texas A&M job. A&M fired Jimbo Fisher. They, they still owe $75 million too. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, it's, it's, that's lighting, a joke. lighting money on fire. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things like we've been in this position before where we, where we've been in the ring. Sorry, I got to sneeze. Woo. Thank you, man. We've been in the ring for a you know a bunch of guys, Urban, Nick Saban, and I feel like AM is gonna talk themselves into circles, but like how valuable is that job? Like Jimbo F- Jimbo Fisher went and got all the recruits he wanted a couple years ago, and they did absolutely nothing with them. And they're you know, again, like the number five or six team in the SEC for the millionth year in a row. It's a straight up just get rich quick, you know, job that you take. They they yeah. throw stupid amounts of money at their coaches. And they have top-notch facilities. They have a very passionate fan base. They are in the SEC. Um, I would say it's pretty attractive, but you're walking into a pretty, pretty ugly scenario when you go to AM. Very. You, you are, but I think it's worth noting, as cool as it is for Jimbo to walk away with $75 million, they're also willing to do that which shows you how deep their pocketbooks actually are at that school. And that means a lot when it comes to NIL. Like, look, I, they're our little brother. They, I hope next year when we play him that we we trounce him and we we put him back in that spot. And it's just about being in the SEC between Texas and, OU, and, and Texas A&M. Um, and we stop forgetting about that rivalry until we have to play them. And then we whoop them every single year. But like you said, Nick, it's a really desirable job. It really is. Like, it's at the top of the pecking order in college football, there's it, there's no way it's not a top 10 job in college football just from the amount of money that, that you have at your disposal. You think it's a top 10 job in college football? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Just because of the money? Well, Outside money, of money, I don't think so. Maybe. The money, okay, you, the money, but like being in the state of Texas is one thing. Yep. Right. Recruiting pipeline. Being able to get recruits out of Texas and Louisiana and just the South in general, being in the SEC. Also, just the facilities, right? Kyle Field 
is has been redone and that's what you see on the outside it's an amazing monstrosity that holds i think 115,000 people or something like that yeah which is insane that's bigger than most nfl stadiums but sure. their facility locker rooms practice fields equipment you know health centers treatment centers everything it is top notch they they yeah. went and redid all of that when they had kevin sumlin and that's why they started getting a lot of recruits they, they made the move to the sec and they knew that they really had to you know step it up their donors are are just as crazy and, and fanatic as the texas longhorn donors are maybe even more so because they are just such a you know uh cult. vast culty yeah like type fan base and they don't you know they, they just they, all they care about is texas Aggie football so i do believe that that is a top 10 program in college football um or, or at least not program but job desirable job um, I mean, look at the recruiting classes they've been able to put together with mediocre season after mediocre season. They're they're constantly in the top ten, sometimes yeah. top three. Yeah, I as a other okay. So let me just kind of I'm not gonna push back necessarily, but I want to work through it a little bit before we uh, move on to the next the next topic of, of Heisman's. Yes, the money is there, and I think you guys bring up great points about the redone facilities, and clearly they're able to bring in top-tier recruiting classes. We're not too far removed a couple of years ago where they had arguably, people are saying, the greatest recruiting class of the 21st century. They went and got literally everybody they wanted, only, quite frankly, to lose some of them a couple of years, you know, seasons later or even during the season. There was a lot of disaster, you know. Um, on paper is great, but it really didn't translate or deliver clearly Jimbo Fisher's out of a job. I just, I feel like the leash is a little short there sometimes. And I feel like still the reason for why, for me, it's not as a desirable job. And we'll have to see, like, I can't necessarily go and put Oregon and Washington ahead of it or USC ahead of it because we have to see how they go to the Big Ten and how they kind of, you know, how their game translates, how they're able to recruit, how they're able to mesh. Can they still dominate? Can they still win and be competitive for the college football playoff? Or are they relegated to that second tier behind Ohio State and Michigan, similar to how A&M was relegated to that behind Alabama, LSU, and Georgia? But to me, I could think of off the top of my head, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Bama, Georgia, Texas, all better than A&M. All better than AM as far as a job goes, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah. You're, you're right. not gonna get any argument for me. I would probably I would really consider because at their peak, and I think they've had a better peak, they've had more peaks over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And it's ironic because this is the job that Jimbo Fisher left. You can make the argument that Florida State for me is a better job than Texas AM. I think those are like toss-ups. Okay, fine. What about Oregon. I think Oregon's a better job. So Oregon is one of those jobs though that's very similar to AM where you're getting top recruits. You're there's a lot of money flowing in there. You have Phil Knight, right? You, you, have, have, Nike, you have yeah, yeah, like facilities. I mean, now they're moving to the big big ten as well. Like that makes it even all that more sexier. You don't have to be in that Pac 12 shadow all the time. Um yeah. If, if you're a better question for you guys, maybe if you're Lane Kiffin, do you leave Ole Miss for AM? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a little like that one to me is because they're, they're pretty similar. It's like state of the program evaluation, right? Like he has to reset. If he goes to A&M, he's got ground to, to, to make up for. He's also just like an incendiary personality and like, they're kind of used to him at Ole Miss right now. Right? Like they know what he's about. They know who Lane Kiffin is. 
Mm-hmm. And he'd have to, I feel like he would have a little less power, honestly, if he went to Texas A&M. And I don't know if he'd like that. And just, work, get- just working from behind. Like, it's like you're working from behind in the count as a pitcher. Like, it's just, as opposed to being there, having your recruits that are already coming in for you. Like, that's a tough, it's a tough decision for a guy like him. Okay, last couple. If you're Dan Lanning from Oregon, do you leave Oregon to go to A&M? No. Okay. If you're Mike Elko, the head coach at Duke, who was formerly with A&M, is that the top? He's being pegged as the top guy. Is that good enough if you're A&M? No. I, I imagine they're going to go after someone big. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Bob Stoops like throws his name in the mix or something like that. They, they okay. want a big, big. They can't follow up Jimbo Fisher with just like some guy. Okay. And then if you're Kalen De- DeBoer from Washington, do you go there or no? Um, feels like a weird culture fit to me. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, Penix is gone after the season. You don't necessarily know how good your team's gonna be. I mean, really, just depends how this season shakes out. Yeah. Okay. Those are my just my questions. Uh, speaking of Michael Penix Jr., let's move on to Heisman race. This is an interesting one. Who is your guys with, I think, a couple weeks to go in the, in the, in the championship games? Who is your guys' Heisman right now? Penix. Well, can, we get, can we get an odds check-in? Is that – Yeah, we can I think that's that. pretty fair to I say. I think the odds, the odds have changed. Yes, Penix is not the favorite currently. Penix from is an currently standpoint. not the favorite. So right now the favorite on betonline.ag, go there today. Um, the favorite right now is Bo Nix. Pretty wild. Red. He's he's like he he's like minus one ten. Michael Penix Jr. is plus two seventy five, uh, or sorry, uh, Jaden Daniels is plus five hundred. And then who's next? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin is Harrison next, Jr. right? And then it's Marvin a steep, Harrison Jr. And then it's is a, plus four fifty. Then a steep drop off to I believe Carson Beck has the next best odds. Beck, there's Travis Hunter, Brock Bowers, but realistically, right? We're talking now, like plus yeah. four thousand for those guys. So I'm being so honest. Yeah. I feel like it should be Marvin Harrison Jr. He's undoubtedly the best player in college football. Okay, so yeah, this is a good debate. So do you All have right. right now? Yeah, as as we know, it's mainly a quarterback award for the most part, and we haven't seen it done since Devontae Smith, which was not too long ago. But what he did that year, I mean, there wasn't a ton of quarterbacks that were lighting it up. I mean. I think it was less stiff of competition, but I'm comparing stats with Bo Nix and, and Penix Jr. I mean, they're pretty. I mean, Bo's got one more t- touchdown than him and and five less interceptions. He's got 400 less yards, but he does I'm, have the one loss to Penix. I think that might be the one thing, but it's just really going to come down to these last couple of games. I feel like if they can, how the how they're both going to fare. Yeah, I mean, I think to me it's a a clear indication that if Oregon plays Washington in the Pac-12 championship that Bo and and Oregon wins and Bo Nix has a solid game. Bo Nix will win the Heisman. Do they take the conference championship into consideration? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so so the voting happens after that. And I'll tell you this, Bo Nix, he, his attempts, if you look between the two guys, like two different types of offenses, we were talking about the Doe ward uh, just over text between us and I threw out Bucky Irving's name in the mix. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's a, a guy that should get consideration and potentially be a finalist for that award, whether he wins it or not is a different discussion. Um, but that just goes to show they have a lot of weapons on their offense. Their defense is really good. But Bo Nix has been taking care of the football at 
an absurd level. I think his completion percentage is like 78%. 77.7. Now, here's a, a statistic that I'll throw out there. His average air yards per attempt is like 9.4. Jaden Daniels is 11.5. If you want to so talk about if you want to talk about which quarterback is doing the most for their team, Jaden Daniels has a combined 38 touchdowns. He's 27th in rush yards in the in all of college football. He's third in passing yards on fewer attempts than Michael Penix Jr. He's taking care of the ball better than Michael Penix Jr. to a, th a 30 to 30 touchdowns to four interceptions rate. Now, they just don't have the the type of wins, right, that Michael Penix does against Oregon, against USC, because it's you're playing against Caleb, right? In my mm -hmm. opinion, Jaden Daniels should get it over Michael Penix. But again, I'm acknowledging that Bo Nix will win the award if he um if, if Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship. And I and I think it's fair, but I just think that what Jaden Daniels is doing is more impressive than than Bo Nix. So for if this is like an MVP award, right? Then, then I think Jane Daniels is, is the best player in college football. I do. And, and on the Marvin Harrison Jr. point, he, I don't even think he's my Bolitnikoff winner because I think Malik Neighbors is having a better season than he is from a statistical standpoint. Um, yeah, I, I think to just, I agree with you that for, from a statistical standpoint, Malik Neighbors has been better. Rome is, you could make the argument Rome is at a better season, Marvin Harrison Jr. at points. But I, I think on Nick's point, Ohio State's the number one team in the country. And he's the number one player on the number one team. He makes such a huge difference. We've all talked about sure. how Kyle McCord is not a top tier quarterback. Hence him not even like, the number one team's quarterback is not even being mentioned or close to being mentioned in this Heisman race. I think the overall impact of Marvin Harrison Jr. And he's kind of been on a tear lately and he's going to have an opportunity to play Michigan, you know, assuming Ohio State Michigan head to that matchup undefeated. And if Marvin Harrison Jr. has, I, I think Nick, you've met, you're the one that knows the guy that votes for the Heisman. It's all about how, that at least that guy takes into account how the how the player plays in big games, right? So that's the only part that hurts Daniels for me because statistically, Jaden Daniels should be the highest winner. Like from a statistical from a statistical standpoint, it should be Jaden Daniels. From a big game standpoint, Michael Penix Jr. took down Bo Nix. Um, kind of like the best of both worlds in that sense. He's he's had the most blemishes though, in my opinion. In I would say so. I would say from the best of both worlds, Bo Nix is like kind of like the even split between those guys. He's had big games and he has the stats. So it's really going to come down to the winner of Bo Nix versus Michael Penix Jr. Barring Marvin Harrison Jr. gets like 200 yards against Michigan's top tier defense and he just absolutely has an insane game that he can make it interesting or if Jaden Daniels against Georgia State and against AM, we always know how the LSU AM game is at the end of the year if he yep. can put up like seven touchdowns so on if you're I think Bo Nix right now should be my favorite but if you're looking to make a bet for like a future bet and you're looking to like best bang for your buck I think Jaden Daniels is probably the best bang for your buck considering what he can do in these final two games from a, from a statistical standpoint. This is what we want to see out of college football, though. I mean, I feel like last year, Caleb mm -hmm. was the odds-on favorite pretty much all season long and just ran away with it. No one was even close up to this point. I think he was probably like minus 1,500 odds or something. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was ridiculous. He was completely dominant. And, you know, there was – you had guys like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud have great seasons, but they didn't really even come close. You know, yep. it, it was it was Caleb robust. Um, all right. Speaking of CJ Stroud, Houston Texans scorching hot. They go to Cincinnati. They win in overtime. The Ravens up on the Browns. That game looks over. That game looks like another dominant win by the Baltimore Ravens. Not so fast. The Cleveland Browns come back. Which victory 
or loss, I should say, was more telling to you guys? Mm. Well, I feel like the the bigger loss, the bigger impact loss is the Ravens giving up the lead to a divisional rival in the Browns. Agreed. You're blowing a big lead. Everyone's super high. We're high on the Ravens. Toss mm-hmm. fired off a text, you know, when they're up 14 nothing in the first quarter. Check out the Ravens. I mean, they looked unbelievable throughout the first three quarters. And then, you know, they blow it all and end up losing on a last second field goal and all that with a divisional rival. So that's a that's a tough blow to any team. Mm-hmm. Toss. Yeah, I think the I think the Bengals loss is bigger uh in my mind a team that's working their way back in the standings in a really tough division which uh take a quick look at just the afc north and and what the standings are right now the pittsburgh steelers are six and three uh mike tomlin how do you do it teach me your secrets what's going on like i really don't i I just don't understand it and it's so negative point differential too yeah, that'll stay the that'll stay the same throughout the rest of the season too like i don't see how they score enough points where that would even change um, I, I give the Ravens a little bit more slack because of the dominant wins, who they've beaten, the fact that it was a divisional rival, um, and the Bengals, this was a must win game for the Bengals. Like they really, really needed this game. It was a must win game for the Texans too, because that team is in the playoff hunt. They want to win their division. That's still in play for them because the Jags lost yesterday. Um, so I think, yeah, because of that that tough and, and poor start by the Bengals in the first half of the first half of the season for them, they can't afford games like this. And they had the game in the back. Tyler Boyd dropped a touchdown for them to win the game. And you just can't have that happen, especially when you have a guy like T. Higgins out. You have to step up and make plays. Irwin had a touchdown. Boyd had a, an, an excellent play on that same driver. He went 65 yards. Jamar Chase had a 45-yard touchdown. Um, you just have to execute and you have to make plays, plays that that guy's made, you know, week in week out for the Cincinnati Bengals and they just didn't get it done. And Hendrickson got, he got hurt at the end of that game too. And that's really, that's tricky for them going forward. So I'm not really worried about the Ravens, honestly, the huge win for the Browns, obviously. Um, and Deshaun Watson has looked good in the last two weeks. He's getting healthier and healthier and it's, it's making a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's a very big statement win from the Browns who I don't know. I don't think everyone's like respecting them and their wins and their and their and their level of play this far, especially from a defensive standpoint. I know they gave up a lot of points to the Ravens, but when push came to shove at the end of the game, they, they were strong defensively. They have a lot of really good defensive pieces. Kyle Hamilton had a pick six. Gavin, uh, uh, not Kevin Newsom, uh, Newsom answered. <laughs> uh, Newsom answered. Greg Newsom answered. Greg uh, really? Yeah, Greg Newsom uh, answered with a pick six of his own, kind of evening that out. Uh, on the defensive touchdowns and and yeah and they really made Lamar's life really tough and the run game really tough uh for the Baltimore Ravens and that's usually their bread and butter and inversely the Houston Texans as good as CJ Stroud was Dev Singletary ran for 150 yards absolutely yeah. and th- on 30 carries they absolutely cut him loose um they attacked a point of weakness for the Cincinnati Bengals in the, in, in that game and they really ran the ball kind of wild Houston did and you're right like now Houston look do they win the division I don't know but they have the head-to-head against the Cincinnati Bengals. So if they're tied at the end of the season for the playoff Huge. picture, guess what? Huge. Cincinnati's not going in. Houston is. So this kid obviously is going to win Rookie of the Year. It's going to be really interesting to see how he dials things up in the second half of the season. I don't think he could win the MVP award, but there is a chance that C.J. Stroud could finish top five in the MVP. Realistically, 
if they if they go if they go from second worst to first place in their division and he has like three interceptions to like 27 touchdowns he's going to be in the conversation for most valuable player which yes. has uh, who was the last rookie to uh, Dak I think when he was a rookie and he came in and the Cowboys won 12 games I think he was top 5 in in MVP voting um but other Let's than that rookie ever won there's only one rookie uh Jim Brown <laughs> so it's a little, a little tricky, a little difficult um, to win the MVP. I think it's a little uh, far fetched that he's gonna, yeah, that he's gonna win it just because. Sure. And we're gonna get into our our top five teams in the NFL right now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterbacks for those teams and how well they're playing. All right, so let's do it. Top five, top five teams in the NFL right now. Tosh, you want to kick us off? Sure. You want me to give my full? Yeah, list? give your full list. Uh, yeah, I have the. I have the Eagles at one. So obviously the Eagles and the Chiefs uh, were on bye this week, but they're they're my one and two in the NFL. Um, my one I, have the, I have the Same. Eagles at one just because I think their team is more complete. They have more weapons, obviously, than the than the Chiefs have. Um, shout out to Travis being in Argentina on her South American world tour. And so glad glad he uh, must be nice, dude. Spending some quality time with Bay on his on his bye week. I, I do have the Ravens at three. Um, I've seen enough from them. And, and I think because of the fact that they beat this team handily that I have it for, I have the lions at four. That's why, that's why I, I couldn't have the lions ahead of the Ravens based off the way that the Ravens beat the lions. And then I have, uh, in the fifth spot, I have the 49ers. They're, they're fall. They're, they're getting back into my good graces. They had a massive win against the Jags personnel wise. It, it's hard to stack up against them. And my sixth team, I wanted to get these guys in there. It's my own squad. I have the Cowboys as like my honorable mention outside looking in in the top. Okay. Five. I like it. Nick. Yeah. One and two. I'm with you. Eagles one, Chiefs two. Um, and then three, I'm going to put the Lions in there. I think they, they showed off a really impressive win against the Chargers. And they're, I mean, their offense is firing on all cylinders. If they can tune up the defense which, you know, they played against a really good Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen went off. You know, I, th I think they'll be just fine. Uh, I, I like their secondary a lot. They've got a good pass rush. Um, I mean, just one, two punch of, of Montgomery and Gibbs is ridiculous. And to add Amon Rossi and Brown to that in San Florida, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. And the league better take notice that this is probably, you know, top three offense in all of oh, football. Yeah. He's a guy that won the MVP too, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. And then number four, I think I like the Cowboys, to be completely honest. I think what they've shown in the past couple of weeks is that they're strong and, you know, that they're starting to put together, you know, dominant wins against the teams that they should be beating, of course. And I know it's the Giants, but I mean, there's a lot of teams that kind of play to their potential here in the NFL these days, and this is not one of them. And then um, number five, I'm going to put the Dolphins in there. Um, mm. you know, we, we didn't really see them this week, so right. you know, people probably forget, you know, what happened, but they are, you know, their, their losses this season are against good teams against the chiefs, against the Eagles, which are my one and two. And then they suffered that one against the bills. Yeah. I, I'm going to go one and two, same as you guys. Um, I, you, you really can't at that point, you're just trying to make an argument if you're not putting the, the Eagles and the chiefs. A full tilt, and I think we saw this this past weekend in Jacksonville, who's a really strong team, and many people thought we're a top-five team. I, I have to put the Niners back in there. That was a complete demolition on the road. 
after a bye week, you have everyone in full toe. Like, and and even if guys like even if like Debo and and, and Ayuk are not going off or CMC's not scoring, you know, his his touchdown streak is over. This team is still still so tough to guard that someone's gonna eat. Like Kittle ate and had a really strong game, or at least statistically had a really strong game. Their defense, like Hargrave had a sack and a half. Bosa, Armstead, Chase Young got in there. Cleveland Farrell even got in there. They had five sacks as a team. They really got after a, a Jacksonville offensive line who added pieces at the deadline. So the Niners for me are three. Um, I got caught up in the Ravens and Lions circle, but at the end of the day, the team that beat the Ravens at full tilt is the Browns. And they went in and they did that and they came back. So I can't just necessarily throw the Ravens ahead of the Browns right now. So I have the Browns at four. Um, I think they're, I think they're really dangerous at full health. I really do. I think that if, if they're playing at full go, like they've, that's a big win they have on the road. It's not like they played that game in Cleveland. They came back on the road and they beat Baltimore and Baltimore beat the breaks off of Detroit who barely got past and, and no offense, Nick, like a, a not the chargers aren't good. Not they're not great. I should say they may not be a playoff team this year. They probably won't be. They have a defensive head coach who can't coach defense. So they're, they're in between a rock and a hard place. So Detroit's probably my seven Baltimore, my six, but I have the Cowboys at five. Really good. It's a, I can't put them head against the Niners, but they barely lost to the Eagles. I think that's another team when Dak's fully cooking and their defense is fully cooking. I know they beat up on the Giants this weekend, but like still, when everything's going firing full cylinders for them, they are one of those teams that's a true, complete Super Bowl contender for me. Yeah. So, Cook's had a really good breakout game. And I think that going yeah, forward, yeah. that's going to be huge. Because if you it's have, if it's not just CD and Ferguson, like, and you have a real Brandon Cooks in the mix, like that offense becomes a lot more dangerous. And obviously, Pollard had a, a solid get right game. Um, still want to see more from him. Dowdle had a good game. CD's I'm been the you. hottest player and the hottest receiver in the league. For sure. I mean, he's yeah. been unbelievable what he's done in the last three games. It, it's nuts because that guy goes all over the field, and that is so tough to cover. Even if you have a guy that can that can cover outside receivers, then he goes in the slot. He's a mismatch nightmare. Um, I will say, like, before I put the Cowboys in the top five and the top four, I need to see them win at home against the Eagles. Like, I mm. just have to see it as a Cowboys fan because we could have won that game in Philly, and then I would have been in the same boat as you guys, putting them as a top five team. That Niners loss and us not stepping up in games where we're playing other good opposition is keeping me from putting us in that same category of teams like the Ravens, who they beat, they clobbered the Lions, they clobbered them, and they were and the Lions are a really good team. They're a really good team. And to your point, Josh, you have the Browns in the top five. The Browns beat the Ravens. The Ravens are a really good team. Like those meet those wins mean something. They mm -hmm. really do to me, at least. And so I just Cowboys still aren't still aren't there. I love that they're doing what they need to do, but yeah. Um, Cowboys yeah. have a really tough remaining schedule too. So we'll find out a lot about them. They've got, yeah. they've got Carolina and Washington <laughs> twice. We get, get we get Washington twice. Right. But you got Seattle, you got the Eagles, you got the bills, you got the dolphins, and you got the lions. And then you got it'll, the commanders again to close it out. It'll be interesting to see the, the bills and the dolphins games because I'm starting to get a bit of like, both away some phoniness in that division to be honest i just I, that's how i feel about it i don't know how good the, the bills and the dolphins really are and and if the cowboys are playing their best ball i don't think either of those teams should beat them but of course i wouldn't be surprised if they did uh, the dolphins remind me of like a mike d'antoni coached yeah. basketball team 
Yep. Like they're going to be really great in the regular season, but when push comes to shove, they're not the defense. Now, and the offense, I, they're not going to match. But they get a very critical guy back to Nick's credit of putting them in the top five. They get HM back, which could be huge for them. Yeah. The speed. We got to see them at full health too with HM back. Um, all right, gentlemen, some games for you guys. A little fun one. <clears throat> you guys can both participate. We'll see who gets it first. You're going to have to try to guess the year. I'm going to give you guys a hint. If you have it, like, all right, I have the year. Um, I'm going to give you, try to give you two hints first to start, and then you can guess the year. So we have um, a basically like a one in 2023 chance. Yeah, pretty much. It's the, it's the long and short of it. Um, we're going to go 1970 and up. Okay. So you have a 43 year window. That was terrible math by you, by the way. What is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. We have a 53 year window. It's yeah, not 2013 anymore. It's 2023. Um, appreciate yeah. it though. We uh, bounced I'm back. Glad that we don't have to, you know, put 1845 in the mix. Yeah, it, the tough year for sports. Um, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, okay, here we go. The World Series winner was the New York Yankees. Okay. Okay. 2009. That was it. Cool. That was it. <laughs> Game over. That popped into my head too. But yeah. <laughs> 2009 jesus that was a good swing of the bat nick the winner it was a i thought it was a fun one to do because the nba champion was the lakers the end of that the uh the, the super bowl winner was the steelers and the national championship winner was bama nfl mvp was peyton manning nba mvp was lebron james mlb mvp was albert Pujols. it was the most basic year in yeah sports so the yankees so the yankees beat the phillies yes the Steelers beat the Seahawks, right? No, Cardinals. The Cards. Antonio Holmes catch mm -hmm. in the end zone. Uh, Bama, Bama beat Texas. Bama beat Texas. Who the Lakers, the Lakers, Lakers beat the, the uh, Lakers beat the Celtics. Celtics. No. Magic. Mm. Mm, Dwight Howard year. He he Got it. Galoo. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Ingram was the Heisman winner. The Cy Young Award winners was the freak and the the probably the real freak and Zach Granke. Um, and then those were like the last clues I was going to give you guys. And the, a and the AL MVP catcher, potential Hall of Famer should be interesting. Yep. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Yeah. All right. Cool. And the hypothetical of the day, gentlemen. Um, all right. Let's say you're both going to live to 90 years old. Okay. You're both going to live to 90 years old. Toss, you just saw your Rangers win. In the next 10 years, you see the Horns win twice and the Mavs win twice. Nick, in the next 10 years, you see the Horns win twice and you see the Padres get one and the Chargers get one in the next 10 years. Wait, why Why do I get the Padres and Chargers and he just gets Mavs twice? He gets Mavs twice because that's like his real – oh, sorry, Cowboys, the boys. Yeah, Mavs, Mavs once, boys once. Cool. That's fair. Sorry. I forgot the yeah. Mavs once, boys once, Chargers once, Padres once. You both get two Texas championships. In the next 10 years, I'm not saying anything can happen after that, but you automatically get that in the next 10 years. Instead of living to 90, you live to 85. Do you take the deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about to 80? Maybe. How painful, <laughs> how painful those last chill death, chill years. death. You, the death no, is I know, chill. I know, but like, I feel like, you know, towards the end of your life, can't really move. You can't really do much. Can't really move around. Can't really, you know, wipe yeah, your backside. You got you get terrible things. gout at 83. 
Okay. Yeah, probably. I'd probably take <laughs> I personally don't think I can't take 10 years off, especially because I feel like eight between 80 and 85 might be some critical years for grandchildren, like just what might happen in their lives. So I, and I, I feel like I'm assuming that my, my mental capacity started. and physical capacity will be a okay at that point. Like then I, then I'm, I'm staying around that f the five to 10 years makes the, all the difference to me. Makes all so. the difference. All right, gentlemen, very enjoyable. Granted, um, I've, I think worth noting, unfortunately, I, in, in comparison to Nick, I've already seen the maps win and I, so, right. And, and I, I saw Chargers. the Rangers win. Like I, so yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, gentlemen, absolute pleasure as always. Good chat on the football side, some fun hypotheticals. Good guess. you do it? Yeah, dude, come on. Of course. I would do it for I would just do I would do the five years just for the Texas titles. I've seen the I've seen my teams win enough. I mean the Celtics championship would be nice, but I've seen my teams win enough. I would do it for two Texas titles and a March Madness win. So five three years total. gone. Three total, five years gone. Probably me. I would maybe even ride off into the sunset with Nick at 80. Honestly, for all we know, they've already taken years off our life. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's a few, what's a few more Fisher to Southwest DJ, Nikki snacks, Crider. We'll see you guys next time at your free throws. Woucha. We love you. And now this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the charity stripe podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.